Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Okay, well, I need to say good morning to everyone in Chicago. Philly Tab, let's put our hands together for everyone in Chicago. God bless you guys. And God bless everyone who has uh, tuned in online. Um, I'm so excited to be continuing on our series titled Walking in Power. And uh, we're focusing on the book of Mark for most of the fall. The book of Mark is a unique book. It reflects, it reveals a certain side of Jesus. It reveals Jesus in action. Jesus serving and, and, and walking in the power of God. And part of the reason why this is in the Bible is because God wants us to walk in power. How many believe God wants your life to have a supernatural visitation of the power of the kingdom of God? Anybody here believe that today? Hallelujah. We are called to walk in power, and that's what this book is all about. And last week, we just started, this is our second uh, message in the series, but last week we started at the baptism of Jesus. I'm about to read that in a moment, but what we said was that when Jesus was baptized, the baptism of Jesus was actually uh, uh, the affirmation of the Father. The Father was affirming the Son. Before Jesus ever did anything, God declared publicly, this is my son. He claimed him as a son, and he said, in whom I am well pleased. And last week we focused on the Father's affirmation, but that's not the only thing that happened. Two things happened at this baptism. And so when, when the baptism takes place, the first thing that happens is that God poured out his love on Jesus the way he wants to uh, on his son Jesus, the way he wants to pour out his love on all of us all the time. That's affirmation number one. Affirmation number two, which is what we're going to focus on, is he also poured out his spirit on Jesus. He also poured out his spirit on Jesus. And when you accept, listen in Chicago, when you accept the affirmation of God, you're not just accepting one thing, you should be accepting two things. You should not just be accepting the fact that God loves you and God wants to pour that love out on you, but you should, you should also be accepting that God wants to pour out his spirit upon your life so that you could be strong in the Lord and in the power of his, his, of his might so that you could walk in victory and in freedom. Does anybody here want to walk in victory and in freedom in Chicago? Well, you need the power of the Holy Spirit, and God was revealing that right here. So we're going to read today what we read last week, but a little bit more, because you're going to see uh, more of the complete purpose and thought of this affirmation. So Mark chapter 1, beginning with verse 9, says this, At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, descending on him like a dove. 
So we didn't focus on that last week, but we're focusing on that this week because two significant things happened. When Jesus came up out of the water, the Spirit came down upon him. Okay? The Spirit of God came down upon him. The Bible says this, and it says, And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Now we're going to begin to see the purpose of this double affirmation. And I want you to, when I read the next few verses, I want you to think about your own life and your own need for the outpouring of the love of God and the outpouring of the Spirit of God on your life. Because I want to suggest to you in Chicago, everyone in this room, when you walk out of the doors of this church and when you wake up in the morning, you're facing the same kind of thing that Jesus faced. And you also have a very, you have the same purpose that Jesus had every day that you wake up. So here we go. The Bible says, at once, the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness and he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was in the wilderness being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and angels attended to him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. And so here's what happens. The Spirit of God uh, uh, c the, comes down on Jesus in power. The voice of God, the voice of love is declared over Jesus' life. And as soon as that, take pl that takes place, you, 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 the Bible says at once, which you will see over 40 times in the book of Mark, it's at once. At once, now he's going, and guess what's happening? He is confronting the kingdom of darkness. And he is confronting temptations. Can I say something to you today? If you're going to confront the temptations that face you the moment you leave this church, the moment you leave your house in the morning, and even when you wake up, can I tell you something? You need the love and power of the living God. Would somebody say amen? How many believe we need power to confront the powers of darkness? And if you want to know why you're in defeat sometimes and why you're discouraged and why you're down and why your marriage is jacked up, it's because you don't have enough power inside of you to confront the prince of darkness. And so Jesus was affirmed by the Father in two ways, the outpouring of his love, the outpouring of his spirit, and then he goes and he has to deal, whether you're a teenager, whether you're a, whether you're a senior citizen, this is the way it goes until we see Jesus face to face. So I want to ask you in Chicago, and I want to ask you here in Philadelphia, please open up your hearts and receive the word of the Lord. God's got something very important to talk to you about today. You see, because we gather here together, and it is very important that we gather together in the Lord's house. The Bible says, do not forsake the gathering of the brethren. And we gather together, and when we gather together, we receive together. But then you go out and you face this world. And when you face this world, I'm telling you right now, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't do it in your own strength. I can't do it in my own strength. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. How many believe that today? 
So what we see here is this sets the foundation for the rest of the book. For the, all the rest of the chapters, walking in power begins with the outpouring of the Spirit of God upon your life. And we need to be mindful of that. And I want to say this before I pray, okay? It's not a mystery when you're walking defeated. It's not a mystery when you find yourself in deep discouragement. It's not a mystery when you can't get on top of life. Let me tell you what it is. What it is is that the enemy of your soul will attack you. He is merciless. He wants to tear you down. And what you need is one greater than the enemy. And the Holy Spirit, Christ in you, the hope of glory, is greater than any force, any darkness, anything in your past, and anything and anyone in the present. Yes, put your hands together and say, yes, I believe that. And so the title of today's message is The Father's Affirmation, Part 2, The Outpouring of His Spirit. I want to pray for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I will tell you this in the book of Ephesians, which I will read. i got a lot of verses to read, for you, read to you today. But in the book of Ephesians, and the book of Ephesians is written to outline classic Christianity. And in the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul tells the Ephesian church, listen, be filled with the Spirit on a continual basis. On a continual basis, we need the outpouring of the Spirit of God. So come on, let's pray. As I pray, I'm praying for marriages. As I pray, I'm praying for for, for young men and older men, as I pray, I'm praying for single men and women, for college students, for high school students, for preschoolers. Come on, lift your hands with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, that you are not just a God of love, but you are a God of power. And Jesus, you came to this earth, O oh Lord, not just to pay for our sins, but to provide for our freedom and victory. And God, I pray today in the name of Jesus that your, period, your, your people would experience, Lord, power so that they could walk in freedom and victory. I pray for marriages that are under attack. I pray for single people that are under attack. God, we thank you that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And so, Lord, would you bless this word. Bless, oh God, we're one church in two cities. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters in Chicago. I pray, oh God, for, for all of the families, Lord. I pray for all of the, the single people, Lord Jesus. I pray for our teenagers, God. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, Chicago needs an outpouring of your Holy Spirit. And God, Philadelphia needs an outpouring of your Holy Spirit. Pour it down, God. Pour it down, we pray. Pour down your spirit of life and freedom, and victory, and power. So bless this word, and bless our hearts to receive. In the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen, Amen, Hallelujah. If you want to walk in power, you need the outpouring of the Spirit of God. If you want to walk in power, you need the outpouring of the Spirit of God, 
And can I say this to you? You have to walk in power. You have to. And let me tell you why. Because to be claimed by God, to be affirmed by the love of God, is to be opposed by the devil. To be affirmed by the Father is to for sure be confronted and targeted by the enemy. You see, last week we had a wonderful time in the presence of God. And, and I'm, I'm getting a, a big echo back, brother. But last week to, to we, we were receiving at the altar. We were like, yes, Lord, I need that affirmation. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. But the moment that you say, give me Jesus, now there's a target on your back. And we wonder, why is my life so crazy? I thought Jesus loves me. It's because the devil hates you. Yes, Jesus loves you, but the devil hates you. And we have to open up our eyes and understand that when we get to heaven, the devil will be cast into the lake of fire. But while we're on this side of glory, we need to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We can walk in victory. We can walk in, in victory. But we need power. And so don't be surprised. This You have to. I say this to every mom. I say this to every marriage. If you're married, do you know the, the devil loves to destroy marriages? When he destroys marriages, he destroys children. When he destroys children, he's destroying society. That's why he's coming after our marriages. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, how many know our homes can be in peace? Our homes can be in love. Our homes can be filled with joy. Hallelujah. Come on, say amen in Chicago. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen to what Hudson Taylor says, a great missionary he says, since the days of Pentecost, has the whole church ever put aside every other work and waited upon him for 10 days that the Spirit's power might be manifested? We give too much attention to method and machinery and resources and too little to the source of power. And so we go on YouTube and we, and, we, and we go to Amazon and we read the books and we, and we look at the videos and we get advice. But I'm telling you right now, even though all of those things can be helpful, brothers and sisters, we need power. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the living God. And so what I want to do, what I want to do is I want to give you two important principles or points of understanding, we must understand these two things about, uh, about the power of God that is resident when the Holy Spirit comes down upon your life. When the Spirit of God comes down, everything changes. Okay, just like it happened for Jesus. So look, these are two important things that you need to understand. The first is the purpose of of power. Everyone say the purpose of power. There was a great purpose, okay, for the power of God to come down, and I've kind of hinted at it uh, a, a little bit already, but the first thing, the first reason why we are endued with power is that power enables us to deal with darkness. Power enables us to deal with darkness. When the power of God comes upon you, then you can deal with the forces of darkness. 
Look, the Bible says in 1 Peter, it says, Be alert, be on watch. Your enemy, the devil, roams around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And what the enemy does is he looks for people who are not walking in power. He's not messing with people who are walking in power. He's looking for people who are not walking in power because he knows that if we walk in power, then there's nothing that he can do because, again, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And let me tell you, in a few moments, I'm going to ask everyone in in Chicago to commit to pray for Philadelphia. So I I want you to hear this. So I did some research. And it turns out that there was a great, I read the book many, many years ago. I've been serving the Lord for about 40 years. And I read the book about a great revival that took place in the city of New York. There was a, a minister, his name was uh, Jeremiah Lamphere. And when I worked, I wasn't in ministry, I wasn't married yet, but I was reading all of these spiritual books. I worked at the Twin Towers when the Twin Towers were there. Worked on the 52nd floor. And I started to read this book about a great revival that took place through the businessmen of New York. And it turns out that that Jeremiah went and he started a lunchtime prayer meeting. And as I read this through the night, as I was, this book started to overwhelm me as I read it. And I couldn't believe that the place where that prayer meeting started was about four blocks away from, from the Twin Towers. And I literally went to that same church And many, many times, I believe I'm in the ministry today because many, many lunch hours, instead of eating, I went to that place and I got on my knees and I said, Lord, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the God who visited in the 1600s and in the 1800s, how many know he can visit in 2023 and 2024 to come? Hallelujah. And a great revival swept through New York. And then he came here to Philadelphia. Okay, and let me tell you, there was a great financial crisis going on in Philadelphia. And sometimes it makes you wonder, what is it that we need? Do we need another financial crisis before Christians get desperate for the Spirit of God to be poured out in power? So that's exactly what happened. Let me read this to you, if you could throw up that slide. So it says, after Jeremiah Lamphere started prayer meetings at noon for businessmen in New York City... The meetings quickly spread to Philadelphia. Okay, in the midst of a nationwide bank crisis, uh, uh, many businessmen found themselves battling darkness. See, some of us, we look at an economic crisis and we think, oh, the economy's terrible when you don't realize that the devil loves poverty. You see, the devil loves to bring us down in every sense of the word. Poverty is not from God. This is not a name it and claim it thing, but God wants us to be fruitful and blessed. Does anybody believe that here today? And so some businessmen say, hey, we're going to start praying. So they started calling on, uh, uh, th- this crisis was going on, and they said, we're going to f- push back darkness. And listen, it says, in this crisis, everybody say, in my crisis. In this crisis, revival began to spread throughout the city. Meetings started at a church at 4th and Arch and then moved to YMCA. 4th and Arch is right that way, isn't it? Right that way? Okay, at 4th and Arch. Meetings started at 4th and Arch and then moved to the YMCA, then took off uh, at Jane's Hall at 625 Chestnut. Chestnut is 
that way, okay, I'm learning, okay. It feels like it's that way. No, it's that way, right? Yes, chestnut, and it outgrew that building and could only be held in tents. And here's what started to happen. People got desperate for God. They started seeking God. And as they started seeking God, the power of God started to fall. The power of God started to fall. Listen to this. This is, there was a, a woman who would end up being a, a great Christian writer. She, her name was Hannah Whitehall Smith. Listen to this. After curiously attending a midday prayer meeting in Philadelphia, Whitehall or Whithall observed new depths of Christianity. The secret was to abide in him. Christians are not meant to, to live joyless, defeated lives but to abound with joy and victory. How many would say amen to that? We're called to abound with joy and victory. See, but what happens is if we don't get in the presence of God, if we don't seek the face of God, and if we don't say, God, I need you to send your power, then that's all that there is when there's more. The Bible says we have not because we, everyone, well, we need to ask for power. We need to ask for power. And so, look, this is for, this is for the, the uh, I was just, uh, just recently I was talking to um, a wife whose, whose husband is really struggling. He's really, really struggling. There are so many men all over this country, all over this city, even in the city of Chicago, so many men who are struggling, and there's only one answer. They need a baptism of the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, put your hands together and say yes. They're battling with the spirit of rejection. They're battling with the spirit of shame. They're battling with the spirit of defeat. And what we don't understand, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. And we need the power of God to come down. For when the power of God comes down, how many know everything changes? And so, listen, if you are are, are struggling, if you have battles, I, I'll never forget, it was, the Lord touched me in a, a, a special way in a prayer meeting. I was really, I was a baby Christian, I was new to the things of God, I was fresh out of the world, and even though I was fresh out of the world, I was like, I was like, what's going on here? I love Jesus, I want to serve Jesus, but I kept struggling with all kinds of things from my past. And I remember I was talking to a friend of mine, and uh, I said, what is going on here? Like, I want to be right with God. I want to serve God. I want to honor God. And uh, you know what she said to me? She said, you need a fresh baptism of God's spirit. You need an outpouring of the spirit of God. And it just so happens that was a Tuesday night prayer meeting. And I want to encourage you, don't miss the prayer meeting because you might miss when the spirit falls. And sure enough, I went to the prayer meeting I mean, I, I was, I, was uh, I don't know, maybe 20 years old, 19 years old. I, was just, I just started going to church, and I went to the prayer meeting, and that night the pastor spoke about the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And that day I had an experience. I, I lifted my hands to God and the Spirit came down upon me in power. It was so powerful that I actually, just like in the book of Acts, I was actually in the balcony. There were so many people in the building. I was in the balcony and the Spirit of God came down. And listen, I was fresh out of the world. I didn't know stuff about church, but I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And out of my belly came rivers of living water. I started to speak in tongues. I had no idea. I thought I was out of my mind, but I had been visited by the power of God. And I'm telling you, Jesus still visits his people in power. Hallelujah. But we got to open ourselves up. We got to get hungry for the power of God. And when the power of God comes, all of a sudden you start to experience new levels of victory. New levels of victory. And so if you want victory over anger, if you want victory over bitterness, if you want victory over unforgiveness, if you want victory over the bottle, if you want victory over pornography, guess what? Greater is he that is in you. You need power. We need power. The purpose of power is to push back the forces of darkness. Number two, power makes us effective in the kingdom. Power makes us effective as we serve. God, life is not just about you and me. Notice Jesus faces the enemy, and then after he faces the enemy, he goes everywhere and says the kingdom of God is at hand. Why do you think you're on this planet? Why do you think you're in the city of Chicago? You're in the city of Philadelphia because God wants you to walk in places and say the kingdom of God is at hand, and Jesus wants to change your life. Hallelujah. And it takes walking in power. I'm going to tell you right now, when you're full of the Holy Spirit, people will ask you questions. When you're full of the Holy Spirit, people will ask you to pray for them. They'll come to you for counsel and they say, I need help. I need help. I don't know what you have, but I need some of that. That's what we need all over Philadelphia. How many would say amen? That's what we need all over Chicago. The Bible says that they were unschooled fishermen, but people noticed that there was something very, very different about them. It was the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. If the keyboard uh, player can come, listen, I want to read these two very powerful quotes. You cannot do God's work without God's power. Can I tell you something? No matter how good your intentions are, you cannot do God's work without God's power. The work that we are doing is a spiritual work, and we have to confront the prince of darkness in the spiritual realm, and so we need the power of the living God. Here's another one. Helen Keller said this, it's not for us to pray, not for tasks equal to our powers. Some people are trying to do what they can do, but God wants you to do what you can't do. Right? It says, but for powers equal to our task, to go forward with a great desire, forever beating at the door of our hearts as we travel toward our distant goal. You know, there's a brother who's missing here today, and I've been weeping about him. I met a man in the second row right there, and he's a wonderful guy, and he's been battling with drugs, and they told me he relapsed, and he's not here today. 
And what in the world could I do? And what in the world could you do? Let me tell you what we can do. We can pray for the power of God to come down and set him free. Hallelujah. When will we get desperate? Not for the bank account. Not for the boyfriend. Not for the, for the dream job. When will we get desperate for God to use us? Can I challenge you in Chicago? When will we get desperate for God to do something great? I guarantee you, you work for God and God will work for you. You do God's business and watch God clean up your business. The purpose of the living God for your life is that you would bring the gospel everywhere that you go. That's the purpose. You live for God, God works in power for you. And we spend, I got to challenge you today, look, the burden of the Lord is deep today. I have prayed for so many people. What I wanted to do today, what I wanted to do today is pray out loud in front of you, in front of all of you people in Chicago and in front of you in Philadelphia. And I wanted to say every person's name. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to pray every single person's name. Because I'm convinced that God has a plan for your life. I'm convinced that we're not supposed to live boring days without seeing the move of God. I don't want to go to heaven without seeing a great move of God. Would somebody please get hungry for the move of God? And you're going to notice, you're going to notice when you set all your stuff aside, the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all things, everybody say all things. All things will be added to you. If you're, look, if you're single or you're in college and you're like, Lord, what about this? What about this? What about, I remember. What about this? What about this? What about this? Can I tell you something? That what about this list, it just changes, but it's always there. You look at people and say, well, they have this, they have this, they have this. Stop it. The way to take care of all of the what about this is to seek him first. Is to say, Lord, I want to be used by you. Lord, use me. Lord, use me. Do you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that there were these midwives who didn't have children of their own. But they defied Pharaoh. And they would help the Hebrew women to give birth. They went against the prince of power, of darkness of that day. Because they feared God and they put God first and they helped these ladies give birth and they helped these ladies have their families. And the Bible says that because they feared the Lord and they did the will of God, God gave them families of their own. I'm telling you right now, you work for God and God will work for you. Does anybody here believe that in Chicago? Put your hands together right now. We want a move of God. We want a move of God. We want to move of God. Hallelujah. Can I tell you this happened? This happened about, forgive me for the personal references. This happened about two months ago. About two months ago, I made a decision that was like very difficult for me. It was the right decision, but it was a difficult decision. Sometimes, uh, they're just phone calls. I, I had to make a phone call and say something to someone. But it, and it doesn't matter the details. It doesn't matter. Just when I hung up the phone, 
I was brokenhearted. It was so sad. I was in my house. So I went into the yard, and I called Pastor Jose. I said, Pastor Jose. So I did it. Now I need you to follow through. I need you to do, you know what you got to do, A, B, C, D, and E. You know what Pastor Jose said? He said, hey, Pastor, you're not carrying this. He said, oh, no, you're not carrying this. We all agreed this is the thing to do. You're not carrying this. And let me tell you something. Over the phone, an anointed person is anointed over the phone. And over the phone, he prayed for me. And I'm telling you, when he said in Jesus' name, that whole thing was lifted off of me by the power of the living God. That's what you call impartation. Anointed people have a, the gift of impartation. When you're walking in the spirit, you can pray for something for someone, and there's an impartation that takes place. How many believe we need some wives that are so full of the power of God, they can, they can pray something off of their husband? Or how many would agree some husbands need to pray something off of your children, pray something off of your wife? How many believe those are the kinds of families that we need in this day and hour? Get yourself the boyfriend who could pray something off of you there in Chicago. That's what we need. The Bible says as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Lord, fill us with the Holy Spirit so that we can make a difference. Don't sit there with your hands folded and you're, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, let's wake up and get hungry for God. People are such sideline junkies. It's so easy, by the way, listen, it's so easy to point. This is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. Get in the game and show what it means to walk a spirit-filled life. That's what makes the difference. Hallelujah. So that's the first thing. Here's the second thing. Listen, second thing you have, you not... You have to understand the purpose of power. Then you have to understand the pattern of power. I'm going to read a lot of verses to you very quickly. But listen to this. Okay. There is a pattern that's not just in the Old Testament, but it's very clear in the New Testament. And I want to race through it. Okay. Here's three significant examples of God's pattern of power. So when Jesus was born... An angel comes to Mary, and he says, you're going to be made pregnant by the Holy Spirit. See, being baptized by the Holy Spirit, being filled with power, is like being made pregnant with the purpose and plan of God. So look, it says, she says, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. And the angel answered, it's not about your human limitation. Okay, when you think about being being baptized by the Spirit of God, coming, the Spirit of God being poured out, it's not about your limitations. Your limitations don't matter. He says this. He says, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. So you are here. Here's Mary, and she says, how does this happen? He says, the Holy Spirit is going to come down upon you. From up, from the outside, down upon your inside. Okay? 
that's the way it happened. So remember, God is showing us how it works for us. Now, Jesus, which we just read, right, Mark chapter 1, just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open, same thing, and the Spirit of God descending, everybody say descending, descending on him like a dove. So once again, Jesus is here. Why was this put in the scripture? It's so that you and I could understand the pattern of God. We're down here, heaven opens up, and God pours down his spirit. He comes down upon you in power. It's the pattern. Let's keep going. Okay? Next, in the book of Acts. When the church was born, it says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of, of a violent wind came from heaven. It came down, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on. Everyone, let's read those three words. Ready? Each of them. So now it was Jesus, but now it's to each of them. It was to each of them. It was all of the fishermen. It was all, there were like 120 people in that room. Okay? And if there would have been uh, 1,200 people or 12,000 people, the Holy Spirit is big enough, great enough, powerful enough to baptize each of them. How many believe he's enough for us here today, for each one of us? Hallelujah. Shake off the unbelief. Shake off the hesitancy and get hungry for God to come down in power. That's the difference. A little bit more. Look, I read this. Ephesians, okay, for the kingdom lifestyle. What does it take to live the kingdom lifestyle? Don't get drunk on wine. What does he mean by this? He says, stop it with all of the escapism. I want to say something to someone who's running to the left and running to the right. Stop it with all of the escapism, okay? Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be when you're empty. The Bible says, be filled with what? Be filled with the Spirit. And when you're filled with the Spirit, watch what happens. You speak to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. You sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Something happens when the Spirit of God comes down. Your heart is full and your mouth gets full too. Incredible. All of these passages highlight two things. Number one, that God wants to fill us with power. In the book of Ephesians, he's talking to Christians. Okay? In Acts chapter 2, he said to them, don't leave Jerusalem until you be endued with power. Right? So he's saying, look, get hungry for God. And all of them are saying, Again and again and again. And here's, here's the last thing I'll say, and then we're going to, we, well, two more things. And then we're going to close. Here's the thing about human nature, okay? If Bailey could get ready. I've been singing that song, Fall Like Rain. Holy Spirit, fall like rain. I'm just, 
Let your glory fall down. Let your glory fall down. Over and over and over, I've been singing it all week since Tuesday. Oh, how desperate I am for God to come in power. We are leaky vessels. We're leaky. So God fills you with grace. And it's almost like when you eat and the food fills you up and gives you energy. And then all of a sudden, you find that you're hungry again. Why? Because you need more energy. So God fills us. His grace starts to flow through us. And then grace is leaky and we got to go back to him to again and say, give me more of your spirit and power. That is the Christian life. That is the Christian life. That's the way it is. Listen, I want to read to you from Zechariah, and I'll close with this. This is power was prophesied even in the Old Testament, and I want you to get the pattern. In Zechariah chapter 3, go read it. In Zechariah chapter 3, Jesus, prophet, God, uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, through Zach, the prophet Zechariah says this. And I will remove the sin of this land in a single day. In a single day. Through Zechariah, he was saying, in one single day, I'm going to remove the sin of the whole world. What was he talking about? Who was he talking about? He was talking about his son, Jesus. How many are thankful that on that day, Jesus took the sin of the whole world upon him for you and me, Philadelphia, Chicago? Could we all put our hands together and say thank you for that day? <laughs> Hallelujah. Our whole existence revolves around the fulfillment of that prophecy. But then... From Zechariah chapter 3, then in Zechariah chapter 4, he gives the next phase, the next step, another imagery. And look at what it says. It says, then the angel who talked to me returned and woke me up like someone awakened from sleep. It's not that he was asleep, but he was awakening him because he had to wake up to this reality, to what he was trying to be told or about to be told. And so he said to him, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit says the Lord Almighty. And so watch this. Chapter 3, he says, and one day I'm going to remove the sin of the land. And Jesus did that. One day, Jesus goes to the cross, and he's crucified and died. On the third day, he rises again, and now we accept Jesus. And how many are thankful the day that we accept Jesus? He washes away all of our sins. Hallelujah. And we also become candidates now for fresh visitations of power. Does it mean that you're not, the Spirit is not inside of you? No, but it does does mean that we can always receive a fresh outpouring of power. But, moms, you got to wake up. Dads, you got to wake up. It says he awakened me like a man awakened from his sleep, but he wasn't sleeping. See, some of us, it's not that you're sleeping, but guess what? Spiritually, to this particular issue, you are asleep. 
And the word of the Lord is wake up. Wake up and get desperate. Let's wake up and get desperate in Chicago. Okay? Instead of, instead of signing divorce papers, why don't we wake up and say, I want the power of the Holy Spirit. Instead of opening up another can of beer, instead of uh, taking another uh, uh, talk from, the, from that joint, whatever it is, another needle in your arm. Why not saying, I want to wake up to the power of God. Instead of putting your phone on and filling yourself with filthy pornography or whatever it is, how many know there is power that is greater than all the addiction on this planet? Anybody here believe that? Hallelujah. God is able. And look, here's the last thing. When you look at your life and you're trying to figure it out, just know that the world is not even ready for you with the power of God on you. You see, the world's not even ready for you. And guess what? You're not ready for the life that God will lead you to and for the life that you will live and experience when the power of God is upon you. You see, it's not you. You without the Spirit is what you have. But with the Holy Spirit, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. He knows the plans that he has for us. He knows the future that he has for us. But let me tell you something. It all begins with power.